In this next edition of the P5 Podcast, I sat with Nan Wei Gong, the co-founder of Figure 8. She and her partner, Tim Ren, have built a platform that can measure the physiology of the body in ways that are infinitely easier, less expensive, and more accessible than anything else on the market. The current applications are for whiplash and workers' comp and other areas of measuring the body that insurance has no good options. It's a highly disruptive platform by an amazing team that I think can build just about anything. So I think you will find it fascinating to hear Nanway talk about what she's built and how she's built it. And I think this company has an extremely exciting future ahead of it. And with that, here is my interview with Nanway Gong. Welcome to the relaunch of our P5 podcast series, where we are talking to people who are advancing healthcare by creating the foundational platforms that can rapidly advance how healthcare is practiced. Full disclosure, I am an investor in Figure 8, and I am a big fan of who I'm speaking with today, Nan Wei Gong, and her co-founder, Tim Ren. So with that, Nan Wei, I would love you to... Uh, Introduce yourself and, and your background going all the way back to high school up through uh, the current day. Hi, thank you so much for having me today, David. Um, so my name is Namwe Gong, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Figure 8. Um, I was born and raised in Taiwan and um, grew up, thought that I would become a musician, but uh, um, I ended up in engineering school. And um, um, so I went to undergrad in National Tsinghua University in Taiwan, uh, majored in material science. Um, I've always worked in uh, nanotechnology and sensor technology um, until when I was in grad school. Um, I started working with the high energy physics lab at MIT. And that's how I met um, um, my advisor at MIT, uh, Dr. Joe Paradiso. Um, so after um, after a master's degree in material science, um, I joined the MIT Media Lab and uh, my advisor, um, Dr. Joe Paradiso, he was a, a pioneer really in uh, sensor technology and uh, in wearable technology. Um, so I started um, working with him and changed my career, become a um, really electrical engineering and uh, in sensor design. So my PhD was all about designing sensor interface between human and computers. Um, so I, after uh, four years of PhD, the last year, um, I joined a startup and um, I co-founded this company called uh, 3DEM Tech. And we went through the MIT 100K competition and eventually won the competition. And um, we designed this hardware algorithm solution um, to, to you know, detect finger point clouds so you can interact with the computer in 3D with your hand. And uh, the company was acquired um, very quickly um, by uh, Nest and Google in a year. And uh, that really changed my career and how I think about, you know, how do I use the technology that I learned to change the world? Um, so after our company was acquired, I decided to um, really take my time to think about what are the next steps. 
And um, um, at that time, there's a lot of different job offers that that um, I was extremely lucky to have. Um, and I turned all of them into um, a contract and started an engineering consulting company with um, all the really, really brilliant people around me. And uh, I ran this te- technology consulting firm for almost four years and really helping um, big companies like Microsoft, um, Google, Samsung, um, turning their um, research ideas into manufacturable products. So um, during that time, I was you know, assigned as a technical lead for um, Google's project to card. Um, so before I started figure eight, people know me as the person who, um, who works on smart textiles and who are the experts in you know, how to embed sensors into um, garments, into everything that we wear. Um, so about four years ago, um, I had the idea of um, starting a company, really leveraging all the things that I know and um, and also solving a personal problem, which is um, I would I would see that uh, people having struggling with um, getting the right assessment when they go to a physical therapist or when they go to their orthopedics doctors. Um, so there's this idea of, you know, we can use all these new technologies to realize the wearable computing vision that started from the 90s. Um, if we can create a standard and a technology platform to quantify how we move, then that could be revolutionary in healthcare to become a diagnostic, you know, really simple screening solution for musculoskeletal health. Um, so at that time, um, I reconnected with um, my co-founder, Tim, who has a PhD in computer science and uh, was um, like, I, I met him 10, 12 years ago when, when he was a sponsor of the MIT Media Lab. And um, he asked is if it's possible to start a company. Um, he has a few ideas. And, um, and I, I, I realized that he's exactly what I was looking for as a co-founder, someone with um, more than 10 years of um, engineering in large scale and experience uh, for mass uh, sensor network data distribution. And uh, those are the things that I don't know. Um, and with the experience and expertise, he's the, um, the type of te- technical leaders that I know can attract all the talent. Um, so I convinced him to join me to be my co-founder and CTO. And uh, together, um, we started a really, really unique team. Um, that's um, what you see as figure eight today. And how many people are you today now? Um, we are 20 people full-time um, with a few contractors. Um, and uh, we have a full engineering science and business team. And I have to say, you guys have made a lot of progress. I mean, when I met you over two and a half years ago, uh, uh, you came in and you said one of the most honest things I've seen any entrepreneur say, which was, I have a great team. We can build just about anything, but uh, we need help on the business development side. And so what's been great to watch is over the last couple of years is you've actually acquired that skill as well. Um, But uh, what I'd love to get into 
a little bit is is what you've built. Um, not you know a little less generally and a little more specifically, mm-hmm. um, because the one thing I will note and and um, and pad your ego and and it's and I'm comfortable doing it because you you, you don't really have one is that when I was doing reference checks, uh, it was consistent across the board, including uh, Joe Paradiso, that you were the best electrical engineer to come through there, there being MIT. So I'd love to just dive in right now on on what figure eight is and what you've built. Okay. Um, so figure eight is a technology platform to quantify musculoskeletal health. The health includes you know, performance, includes recovery, rehab, and includes the level of injuries, musculoskeletal injuries. Um, there is a lot of research being done in sports science and biomechanics in the past 20, 30 years. And uh, the, the field is not new. That's why the opportunity is so unique. What we see is that um, there is a well-established field and understanding of a very common issue that is musculoskeletal health, like my back pain, and David, your ACL injury. It's extremely common, yet um, there is the most sophisticated technology that's out there for sports scientists and probably Tom Brady, only Tom Brady, and uh, it's these high-speed cameras that you see in um, 3D movie, like uh, in the filming set. Um, there's the a visual markers that you put on body, and um, it takes two, three hours to set up and to do a simple assessment. And uh, th- that's the type of equipment that's available today for motion tracking, high-accuracy motion tracking. Um, the second part of musculoskeletal health is the muscle activities. And what's available today is the technology that we are all, um, we all heard before called uh, EMG, electromyography. Um, it, it requires a lot of skin preparation and a, a extremely well knowledge on the clinical side to know where to put it and how to interpret the signal. So the major technical challenge that we see here and the reason why none of this technology is available to everyday people is because um, no company is working on bringing the high-resolution motion tracking price um, and resolution, the same type of accuracy, uh, down to a consumer, um, almost like a medical device, pervasive device um, of the price as well as um, the ease of use to um, a place where anyone can administer these tests. So what we did is um, when Tim and I started a company, I started contacting the sports scientists and the orthopedics doctors that um, my advisor um, at MIT worked, you know, since the, worked together since the 90s. Um, so they worked on gait analysis, Parkinson's, even like how pitchers pitch, um, with the Red Sox, um, and to explore how with these really fancy technologies, um, they can identify why some pitchers get injured so often and why some can pitch till their forties. Um, so we realized that, um, if we can, um, leverage all of the knowledge and protocols 
in sports science, biomechanics, then we can create a platform, a fast screening tool that is as easy, but also as, uh, you know, uh, ubiquitous, just like uh, blood tests in the blood pressure measurement. Um, and that's what we're building at figure eight. So when, when we met, my vision was, this is my vision, straight to healthcare. But of course, that can take a lot of time. And you were getting a lot of interest. In fact, when I met you, I believe you were already in conversation for at least a partial investment from a professional football team uh, from the West Coast that's very active. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of pulled the company back in the sense of you still needed to build out that platform. So, so maybe if you could talk a little bit about the platform itself before we get into what I would say the market pull of, of how this has evolved and how you're going to market. Um, and maybe just talk about the components, the, the hardware, software, the data, and, and, and what's unique about this as a, as a business as mm-hmm. well as a tool for providers. Yeah, sure thing. So um, I think, for, first of all, there, there is so much opportunity in multiple um, market segments. And uh, that's why I kept saying it's a p- technology platform. Um, it's just like a smartphone. That's the uh, that's the hardware operating system, and everyone has different applications that can run on top of this hardware software platform. Um, we started with the knowledge from sports science and biomechanics. So naturally, there is a strong interest of um, you know athletic sports and personal training as the application. Um, so we built a technology, and uh, when we first met, <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, 3D-printed, hot-glued, du- duct-taped <laughs> hardware that you're seeing as the first prototype um, because what we created um, is so unique and uh, it's new. Um, this is not a, a make-something-cheaper type of hardware play. We're creating a completely new sensor fusion solution to quantify our musculoskeletal health. So as I mentioned before, the first challenge is how do we use a um, a new technology to quantify the joint angle of the human body accurately, but also with, um, you know, hardware that is um, mass producible um, and uh, scalable. So we use the um, inertia measurement units that you have it in your know, smartwatch, in your cell phone. And uh, these are nine axis inertia measuring unit. It's, re- it's rather new because what it does is um, it has accelerometer, magnetometer, and gyroscope. And each of these IMU units allows us to track how a point is measure is moving in three dimension um, in high resolution. So it's commonly used in the phone, in the watches, and uh, and track as a single point in 3D. And that's how your smartwatch is um, us like evaluating how many steps that you have taken every day. Um, so what's difficult is if you have multiple of these points. How do you um, 
know like how your body is moving in 3D because um, we have these sensors placed in different locations on your body. And uh, what we do is we create a biomechanics model so that if I know um, there are two sensors on your upper arm and lower arm, then I can um, and like use the two dots to reconstruct how your arm is moving. Now the elbow is a simple joint to model, but um, we have many different joints such as your hip joint, um, your shoulder joint, and your ankle joints. They're all different. Some are ball joint. Some are like your shoulder is a ball joint and a shoulder blade that push you, um, you know, back and forth. So these are the preparatory technology that uh, we created um, so that we can convert a raw sensor signal into biomechanics signal. And that's just the first part of biomechanics. The second part is um, EMG is hard for a normal person to place and to interpret. So we created our own method of uh, measuring muscle activities that uh, is called uh, surface mechanomyography, which leveraged um, the muscle deformation to give us the same type of output a clinician wants to see in your muscle activities. That's the activity um, timing and magnitude. So we've been doing this joint by joint, muscle by muscle group, and uh, for the past two, three years, and we are finally fully mapped the human body, and we have a um, highly scalable hardware tool to uh, quantify the full body movement, the muscular and skeletal movement. And and obviously you've have the software to interpret it. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything specific worth sharing about about the software side, other than you know obviously it's in the cloud, it's it's scalable, but is there anything specific? Yeah. So um, the first step and really the foundation of the company is the hardware development that I mentioned, but that's just the beginning. Now, with this fully developed hardware system with the human mapping, um, we started creating uh, mobile apps, which allows us to specify the location of your body or the type of injury that um, one would be interested in tracking. Um, For example, um, our first product is lower body assessment that allows a trainer, therapist, or ergonomic expert to look at your lower body uh, joint and muscle health. And the application um, framework is always the same. First, you select the location or the type of injury. And the second step would be the app would guide you through a set of activity that allows us to um, capture these biomarkers. Um, And these foundational movements are like uh, squats um, or like doing a vertical jump. And these are the activities that's um, currently being used by a trainer or a physician to assess your health uh, visually. So what we do is we take the gut feelings or you can say the experience of a clinician um, and, and all of these nuance that they normally see with their eyes and process with their experience and their, you know, what they've seen in the past. 
and really digitize all the nuance of movement and、uh, use that as an indicator of the severity of someone's injury or the recovery process of someone's injury. Yeah, you know, about、um, I think it was actually about four years ago. I went to a neuroscience conference and I saw the devices in virtual reality, and I and I came home and I said to、uh, my wife, who's a clinical health psychologist, that your future is to be more a coach and understand which of the tools、uh, that can replicate and create that that can. Be rep- replicable across a broad swath of patients, and get the results that you're looking for. And that's a much softer science. But ironically, physical therapy has been a very soft science. I was on the phone with someone from one of the big health, an orthopedic surgeon from one of the big health systems, just two days ago, and he was telling me how it's still the majority of the cost of. Someone who tears an ACL, or he was at, was actually referring specifically to, to joint replacement.、Mm-hmm. He was shocked at how much of the cost of it is rehab, and that there's no clinical endpoint.、Mm-hmm. Um, which, of course, he's interested in this and hearing and learning more because of exactly that. The cost is astronomical.、Um, yes. So, so David, like when I started working on this, this is the longer. Term vision for us has always been how to create a tool to revolutionize healthcare, and、um, the more I learn about the status quo in healthcare、um, in this regard,、um, I, I realize that for musculoskeletal health, we're still in like stone age type of assessment.、Um, and、uh, how is this different? The way like things are being assessed today, how is it different from someone measuring a temperature with? You know, putting your hand on your forearm, <laughs> you could have cold hand, you could have really warm hand.、Um, there is no way to quantify it, and、um, that's why if you 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 know you have an ACL injury, the first thing you would do is you go to an orthopedics doctor and you make sure this person has the best degree and long working experience. Um, but that would never be the case if you just have a fever and you want someone to measure your temperature. You want someone to draw your blood because there is a standardized tool and there is a standardized protocol to interpret the data.、Um, so our mission really is to create this data.、Um, so as I was developing this technology,、um, what we we're doing differently is. We are working really closely with、um, our chief scientist, Dr. Donna Scarborough, who has more than twenty years of experience as a clinician at Mass General.、Um, the uniqueness of Figure Eight and the team is that we are so different. Normally, it's people from the clinical side trying to create a medical device, but what we do is、uh, my personal background, Tim's background, and the team. We create consumer-facing devices, which means the design is extremely important to us.、Um, you know, the first design we we have with our current hardware, we just won the IF Design Award, and、uh, our app is designed so that is very very easy for anyone to pick up and use.、Um, I see the challenge today is not enough of us that work in the consumer 
sector um, would really jump into the healthcare medical device development. That's why um, it has been like this for the past year, 10 years, because no one is working on it if they have my background. Hmm. So as you um, are now going to market, well, maybe walk through the last couple of years of how you've been approached and a couple of the stop starts mm-hmm. um, and, and where we are now as, as the company is now in market. So the biggest challenge of creating a technology platform is that there are, there are always different opportunities that's dramatically different um, that would approach us and everything sounds very interesting. And we know that long-term, we want to be a medical device and a medical standard. And uh, with the technology and the way things are built, um, this highly scalable. The question has been, how do we get there? So we started working with, um, you know, athletic teams, trainers, and uh, it's really well received. But as you can tell, the market is extremely saturated with wearable devices. So um, our challenge has been, you know, how do we um, filter out the noise and uh, how do we can convince, you know, athletic trainers, teams, athletes that this is the, you know, the eighth wearable device um, that they, they need to wear and learn. So that market is big, but extremely noisy and saturated. So after working and exploring the uh, human performance market, we realized that, you know, our data value is so much higher than, um, you know, are you performing a little bit better than yesterday? Because what we can tell the user is um, how severe is your injury and each, the value of each data set is just much higher in healthcare. So we started looking into physical therapy and orthopedics and how this can become a medical device and what are the barriers to entry. And uh, obviously, um, there's the FDA, FDA exempt route to um, sell it into physical therapy. There's the FDA 510K clearance for us to become like a medical diagnostic output for so many things like you know, gait analysis, Parkinson analysis, um, ACL analysis, every kind of neuromuscular skeletal disease and neuromuscular uh, disease can be a target for us. So as we are exploring, we realize that the biggest opportunity for figure eight to go to market and as a gateway to fast track into these medical diagnostic output is in the non-health insurance market. Um, the reason being, now there are so many different types of uh, insurance, especially in property and casualty, um, that uh, will require evidence to decide the claim amount payout um, but as we mentioned um, before, there is no scientific way to know for sure whether the same assessment output would be the same done by different people. So with a non-healthcare insurer's perspective um, 
and um, any kind of musculoskeletal injury like um, whiplash or a car accident or a hip injury um, for someone who is on, on workers' comp or disability, um, Figure 8 becomes the tool for insurer and for large employers to really um, manage the health, recovery, and the return to work. Um, so that's where we are today. Um, we are using this opportunity to collect and uh, collect a huge data set of injuries in the non-medical settings, and uh, that will allow us to fast track into a diagnostic um, technology platform in the future. And so you're you're currently um, about to begin formal work with a couple of uh, insurance companies. One in uh, for Whiplash, which I think is a extremely interesting and worth a little conversation. And then getting into the next one, which is what you briefly touched on, on workplace injury and return to work, both of which I have many times independently confirmed are probably the two biggest, most prevalent issues for those respective areas. Then we can get into some of the other future on slide 10 of presentation for any listeners that want to ignite forward, but you can see the growing size of the market. Um, but if you could start and just, and just go through those, those two, you know, starting with whiplash in the market and, and how the um, customers that you're speaking with uh, intend to use it. So there are so many different applications um, from, from slide 11, uh, 10 um, on how we can, if we can standardize MSK health assessment where this could go. Um, currently, we are interested, uh, but this, the market is the same, is how do you have a test, just like a blood test or blood pressure test. Um, people will use the di uh, data differently, and uh, the more data we collect, the better and more accurate the output would be. Um, our biggest opportunity right now is in insurance um, adjudication and stratification. And um, so auto insurer, for example, are spending, uh, there are more than 3 million whiplash um, claims per year in the U.S. And uh, it's just a really common auto claim. And the problem is uh, more than 95 of the 3 million claims are in mild, in, uh, mild whiplash category, which is really hard to quantify. Um, I personally was in a car accident before, and uh, it's just really difficult for me to understand the injury that the injury level I had, and uh, there's no reference point on you know what what is the recovery trajectory, um, and not to mention like I I don't know what are the uh, symptoms because I there there is no documentation even after I filed for a whiplash claim. Um, so for the insurers, there are three main um, in, important output they're looking for. One is when the accident, whether it's an auto accident or just work-related accident happens, um, they want to know if there is a musculoskeletal injury and uh, if it's, you know, if, if an, it's an actual injury or not without going through an MRI. Um, and, uh, and they're interested in the false positives, and that is the first application. The second application is really um, related to the clinical one in the rehab, um, and, and uh, that's when 
you are going through a recovery, um, there is no way to quantify when、uh, treatment is no longer needed. Now imagine if you have a fever,、um, and we have a thermostat. We know that you don't need to take any medication when the you know when your fever is now lower, but、uh, we don't have that for musculoskeletal health. So all of the clinical decisions are made with time-based decisions.、Um, so after your ACL surgery,、um, in six months you are healed. But there's no evidence for that. So for someone, maybe for David, you 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 sort of feel better after six weeks. But for other people, it takes seven months. So what the insurers, the clinic clinicians, and also the patient wants to see is when treatment is no longer needed. When can we stop it?、Um, so we are estimating a roughly forty to forty-two percent of reduction in the claim payout. From the medical evidence of how long it takes for a mild injury to recover,、um, compared with the actual,、um, you know, insurance statistics,、um, and the last piece, the last、uh, type of application is if there is a permanent damage that in PNC insurance, auto insurance,、um, disability insurance, we want to have a measurement of how much. Is the permanent damage right? Right now, there is、uh, many different ways to evaluate.、Um, many of these evaluation is self-reported,、um, so it would be really beneficial to have a standardized test to see how much is the permanent damage. And so,、um, yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, one of one of the things that someone Um, brought up is is the the concept that this was that, that you could mostly knock out fraud, which of course in theory you could. I mean, there are things like phantom pain and that are hard to quantify.、Um, but but how much of this do you think of this market is more about just guiding rehab, knowing when it's not rehab?、Um, Or not, you know, doesn't need any more rehab. I, it seems to me that, from my own work over time, that that's the most important component. Yeah, that's absolutely the most important component.、Um, our goal is to bring subjectivity, you no, know, bring objectivity to、um, MSK Health, and、um, it's not、the、standardization. <laughs> yes, we want to have a standardized test, so everyone. Should embrace the idea of having a standardized test because、um, that's the only way to know as a patient: am I getting the proper treatment or not? Like, am I getting better or not?、Um, it's the only way for a clinician to know that if what they subscribed is actually working, or if the patient is actually doing the rehab, and also for insurer to know that, oh, okay, this is well managed. And it now we have scientific data to support all of the claims.、Um, without that,、um, there is always speculation from every party. Yeah, well, this is where I get really excited because, first of all, the low cost of this.、Um, when I look at the Vicon system and the standard, you know, there's tremendous amount of expensive labor on top of very expensive systems that you have to go somewhere. And now in this COVID world, I get even more excited 
um, in that if need be, this can be sent to someone's home. It's so easy mm-hmm. to put on a sleeve or for some people, if they need to put on tape um, and to snap these sensors in. Um, and you get, by being so low cost, you get more data. So from a business perspective, maybe talk about the library, the movement library, and the accuracy that comes from having thousands of tests and in the near future, tens and hundreds of thousands of tests. Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, sports science, not a new field, but a database that can quickly collect tens of thousands, millions of data points of the same type of injury. This does not exist. And uh, you will see different ways of evaluating people, but none of that has a good indication of, um, you know, what it really means as a patient. Um, If you have a ACL injury, for example, um, there are different tests and you will get scores um, from zero to two. And that really doesn't show much in my rehab process. So what our system can do is since the build cost is low, it's really about the assessment cost and uh, how we can leverage um, the ease of use and the low cost to generate a huge data set. So now in the future, we can um, have more and more understanding on different types of treatment, different types of injuries, and uh, have a clear understanding on the recovery. And um, we will have data like, you know, patient like me, um, but in a high uh, resolution. So, you know, during your recovery process, everyone with the same type of injury, same demographic, same age, gender, um, you are like recovering way faster than everyone else or not. Um, this data, data doesn't exist, but uh, it's critical for everyone that is um, in, suffering from some type of injury. Well, I coming from a, being an analyst and on the board of a uh, property and casualty insurance company, the idea that for any insurance company that you can, what you alluded to before, that you can see who is doing a better job, what method is better um, and get better results. Uh, it is, it is extremely powerful. And in this post COVID world as well, where we're in what will likely be low interest rates for a very long time, uh, insurance companies need to find ways, especially in the property and casualty side to make money, uh, because they're not going to get it from their portfolio, uh, which is a big part of earnings for these companies. So they need to get their loss ratios down. Um, so um, what else do you think is worth discussing here as you think to the future? Where where do you see it going? Um, so we see not only this becoming a pervasive test that you can get at every point of care, um, but also, like you said, David, um, we started seeing a lot of demand uh, in rural areas of how this could become a proxy of a specialist so that everyone can get the same type of diagnostic feedback um, no, ver- no, no, no matter where you are in the world. Um, so we really see this becoming a standard and uh, um, in the 
the ability for us to extend all the knowledge in musculoskeletal health and treatment into everywhere in the world. So how going going back a little to the application of it itself, if someone comes in with an ACL tear uh, or potential tear, um, what are the ways that that you would measure it? Because right right now it's has happened to me. It's extremely crude, mm-hmm. right? The guy just takes my knee and kind of jerks it around and goes, "Do you see all that movement?" Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. So how how does this add to that? Yeah. So um, if you had an ACL injury, then you would um, experience how people are trying to evaluate: is it a partial tear or is it full tear? Um, before they send you to um, take an MRI, um, there are multiple um, pain point um, to this process. One is you're in pain, and uh, it's very likely that um, that you're you are um, you're you're reacting to the pain as opposed to like your muscle tense up, you're agitated, so it's really hard for you to completely re- uh, you're relaxed. So the clinician to, can push it to the end point to do this assessment. Um, so a figure eight a- assessment will ask the patient to run a few movements um, on your own so that you, you know how to guide yourself without you know getting into really tense uh, situation. Um, the second problem of the current assessment is that sometimes the clinician is not as strong as the patient. Um, so you would potentially get different types of um, output um, assessment just because the clinician is not strong enough to move your leg. Um, that that we heard from multiple clinicians as an input. Um, so today, um, most likely that you will be advised to do an MRI Depending on where you are, it could be really easy, easily accessible. Um, but uh, n- not everyone has an MRI in their facility. So what we can do is, first of all, we can get a fast assessment and compare the result with our database to get a confidence level on whether it's a partial tear or a full tear, um, and a recommendation of you know how how much do you really need an MRI. Um, not only you will have the high confidence of, you know, do I really need it or not? Um, we also could um, save a lot of the medical imaging waste um, because right now, if you're in the right area, you most likely would get an MRI. I always wonder sometimes how fast um, doctor's offices will be to adapt these things that save a lot of money because they, get, mm-hmm. they have a lot of expensive equipment and they get paid. How how long does it take to do at least from the patient standpoint? So each, if I recall, it's five minutes or so with you know putting depending on whether you're putting tape or whether you're putting a sleeve mm-hmm. on. Yeah, so um, right now it's between five to ten minutes, and uh, we are definitely working on uh, making it faster, depending on what types of injury that we're collecting. Um, but not just ACL. Um, for example, we see a um, stroke patient being like with movement disorders, like during the recovery. Normally, there are different types of movement assessments, and it takes you know, 30, 40 minutes for someone to run through a set of protocols. Um, for us, it would be a lot, uh, it would really 
reduce the time of, um, you know, a clinician asking the patient to run through like a 30, 40 minutes of protocols. Um, so we can streamline the operation as well as lock the data and uh, upload that to the uh, cloud so we can save time um, for the clinician to you know, write up the clinical notes as well. And so the the output, I have to say, one thing that's been amazing is that, is that the output of this has really advanced. Um, so So how do you... You know, I'm looking actually for anyone looking separately. I'm looking at slide eight. Um, this is a pretty good sense of of how you've um, how you measure and give actionable information. Um, maybe just talk about the 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 evolution of that yeah, over the so, last year um, or two. It's amazing what's happened. So what happened is we were extremely lucky that um, we have Dr. Scarborough to lead our science team. Um, she um, was the director of uh, the sports science lab at uh, Mass General. And uh, we started collaborating with them and then she joined us. So she has, um, we, we have a sports science lab at figure eight with the most um, state-of-the-art vision tracking system and the you know dynamic EMG system. And what we did is very uncommon for a startup, um, which is a full scientific you know, col- uh, calibration and um, uh, data collection of the sensor data so that we know what we collect and output from our software system is um, in the same resolution as the most advanced vision tracking system. Um, and what we did is not only we simplify and uh, shrink down the hardware into a portable, um, really, really small, portable, scalable platform. Um, we have the same resolution, same output. Um, but our goal is to make the user interface visualization in the report extremely user-friendly so that anyone can administer the test. Um, our, our, our beginning um, of designing this, um, our initial target was for clinicians to use, um, but it's so user-friendly. Now we are confident that anyone, including an insurance adjudicator, could just add this to an extra thing in their toolbox and uh, administer a test to get the baseline of an injury anywhere. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I, I I have dreams of every minute clinic in a CVS doing this, and every high school and college athlete getting tested before the season. Um, you know, just seeing balances. I see a massive market in life insurance, uh, which we haven't gotten to, and, and the company's not at that point yet. But a lot of the workers' comp companies have life insurance arms, and that, that you can see what fall risk is, which which for the elderly uh, coupled with loneliness is are, are the most important indicators of longevity and and health span. Um, so I, I I you know look I'm an investor I'm heavily biased but uh, I I haven't come across a team like yours that can execute at such a high level with such consistency and with extremely low turnover. Um, and Tim is just a fantastic, uh, 
exceedingly patient manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you, you, you found each other and picked the right partner. So, um, without, without saying too many nice things, cause I'm clearly, as I said, biased. Um, I just want to thank you for taking the time. Um, and of course I wish you the best cause I wish us the best. Um, and, uh, and thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, David. All right. Well, you and I will be in touch. And uh, again, to those listening, thank you for joining the P5 podcast. Take care.